scripture reading this afternoon is again from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. So it's almost the same text as this morning. I will read John 17, verses 9 to 19. This prayer, prayer of the Lord is so rich that we can spend lots of time digging into this prayer. John 17, from verse 9. Here is God's Word. <clears throat> I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours, and all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to you, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. Those whom you gave me, I have kept, and none of them is lost except the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I come to you, and these things, these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil, evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. And here is the text for the sermon this afternoon. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. May the word of God be a blessing for his church. <clears throat> Beloved con congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, how good and refreshing it is to hear this prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is so encouraging to know that Jesus, our Savior, once prayed for us. And you know what? He continues to pray for us today. See how much He loves us and cares for us. His prayer teaches us that there is a fundamental difference between the church 
and the world. In verse 9, Christ says, I pray for them, I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me. The distinction is clear between those who belong to him and the world. Jesus announces that he returns to the Father and will leave his disciples in the world. In John 16, 33, he just told them, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But then, if the world is so full of problems, and if the world has so much hatred for the church, why? Why did the Lord leave his church in the world? And he is gone to the Father. Why does he continue today to leave us in this wicked world in the midst of this perverse generation? Our text this afternoon answers this question. He leaves us in this world first because God has not finished his work in us. He wants to sanctify us while we are living on earth now. And second, because God gives us a job to do in the world. He sends us on mission. And actually, the two reasons go together. God does his work in us so that we can do our work in the world. So the message that I proclaim to you this afternoon is the following. Jesus sanctifies us to send us on his mission into the world. We will see first that he sanctifies us by his word. Second, in order to send us in the world. And third, for he sanctified himself for us. So first, he sanctifies us by his word. In his priestly prayer, Jesus begins by praying for himself, for his glorification, verses 1 to 5 of chapter 17. This prayer has been answered long ago when Christ ascended into glory in heaven. Jesus then prays for his apostles, for their protection and for their sanctification, verses 6 to 19. A prayer that was also answered long ago, 2,000 years ago, when the apostles did their work here on earth, their special apostolic ministry. And finally, in this prayer, Jesus prays for his church as a whole, verses 20 to 26. A prayer, of course, 
that is not fully answered yet. Not until Christ comes back in glory. But if we go back to verses 6 to 19, which is where our text is, his prayer for, the, for his apostles also applies to us in some ways. And thus, this second part of his priestly prayer is not yet fully answered. We have a very different role than the apostles, of course. Yet, we too are still in the world with all its dangers and hatred. We too have been given the mission to go into the world with all its challenges, trepidations, excitements. Through his prayer for his apostles, Jesus also prays for us today. He asks his father in verse 11, keep them through your name. In verse 15, I pray that you should keep them from the evil one. A prayer for our protection. We need that protection in this world. And then in verse 17, we read, sanctify them by your truth. A prayer for our sanctification. We need protection from Enemies outside, we need our own sanctification. What, the, what does this prayer mean? What does sanctification mean? First and foremost, it tells us that sanctification is impossible on our own. Impossible. Without this prayer of our high priest, the sanctification of the apostles and of his church would be utterly impossible. It is a work of God, a miracle of his grace. Where can we find holiness in this world? Certainly not in ourselves. How can we become saints? We are polluted by sin from the moment of our conception. Job 14, verse 4. Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? No one. No one. Holiness is found in God alone. The angels in heaven cry to one another, Holy, holy, holy. The Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. As we read in Isaiah 6. And his desperate servants on earth say in trembling, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Now see how the Lord Jesus addresses his Father in John 17, verse 11. Holy Father, Holy Father, sanctify them. Holy Father, sanctify them. Only God the Father can perform this masterful action in our lives 
as he did in the lives of the apostles. Only God the Son can pray this prayer with such serenity, purity before God's perfect holiness without saying, woe to me, I'm unclean. No, he is perfectly clean and pure. Only God the Holy Spirit can produce in us this work of sanctification by his word. But what does it mean to sanctify? In his prayer, Calvin mentioned two things, and we did not discuss that before. So he had a clue about what I was going to say. First of all, to sanctify means to set apart, to consecrate, to set apart for a special purpose in God's great plan. In the book of Exodus, for example, the firstborn of men and animals in Israel were sanctified. That is, they were consecrated to the Lord for a special purpose. The people of Israel were sanctified. Mount, Mount Sinai was sanctified, set apart for a special service. The priests were to be sanctified, dedicated to the service of God. The tent of meeting and all its objects were to be sanctified. You see, the action of sanctifying does not first designate an inner transformation. The act of sanctifying first means setting apart for a special purpose. When I was a child, my mother had ordinary dishes for every day. She also had special dishes for special occasions. Special dishes were not to be used on ordinary days. No. In a sense, they were sanctified dishes, so to speak, set aside for a special use. Jesus prayed that his apostles and his church would be set apart from the world for a special use in God's great plan. That is what the apostles became, and that is what we are. Why? Because God says so. Sanctified by his word. 1 Peter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. This is what we are, who we are, our identity. Did you know that you are holy? You and your children, the older ones, younger ones, little children, you are holy. You have been set apart by God, 
and for God, for a special purpose in his plan. This is absolutely astonishing. We are very different from the world. Not because we are better, more intelligent, more spiritual, whatever. No, not at all. Because God himself has set us apart for him. Us and our children. For they are holy as well, as Paul says to the Corinthians. Do you accept with joy and faith and gratitude and trembling that you are a very special people? Holy people consecrated to holy God and to his holy service. Sanctifying also means a deep transformation, and it was included in our brother's prayer. Transformation, like a big spring cleaning. When Jesus prayed, sanctify them by your truth, he asked his Father to clean up and transform his apostles and his church. It is not enough to be set apart for God. We need to be washed of our sins by the blood of Christ. We need to be renewed by the power of the Holy Spirit to become more and more like Jesus Christ. My mother's special dishes had to be clean to be useful. Otherwise, Dirty dishes would have been useless. We need to be cleansed by the Lord to be useful in his service. This is what Paul says in 2 Timothy 2.21. If anyone therefore cleanses himself, he will be a vessel of noble use, sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Are you cleansing yourself by the blood of Christ? Are you seeking this process of transformation in your lives by the power of the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes, it is a long and deep and painful process dying to your own sin. A process that lasts all our lives. But this is a wonderful process, a glorious process, made possible by the magnificent prayer of our Lord Jesus Christ. He prayed for that. He prayed for our sanctification. Don't let yourselves become useless because of remaining uncleanliness in your lives. But how can we be sanctified? How? Jesus has provided the means. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The way provided by God is the truth that he has revealed to us in his word. All his word is truth, and 
is powerful to sanctify us. We need something very powerful so that we may become clean. The apostles tasted its beneficial effects. They were set apart. They were transformed to preach his word and to write it down in the New Testament. We have their words, which is the word of God. We are sanctified by that same word. His word consecrates us to him, and his word transforms us into his image. Our hearts need to be changed by the truth of God's word. What makes the church and the world so different? It is the power of the word of God in action. Wherever God's word is preached and received with faith, new zones of holiness are emerging in this filthy world. Lost sinners who come to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ are consecrated to the service of God. They are justified once and for all. They are gradually sanctified day by day, washed of their sins, transformed into the image of Christ. This is how Jesus' prayer is answered little by little every day. God the Father answers the prayer of His Son. How can we dedicate ourselves to God and stop living for ourselves? How can we fight sin that is so persistent in our lives? How can we stop living like the world and seek purity and holiness by using the means the Lord has given us to grow in holiness and purity? He has given us, given us the, the means. There is no shortcut. We must use his word so that his truth will sanctify us. Are we diligently listening to God's word? Do we meditate on his word? Do we study it regularly? Do we teach his word to our children? Do we apply his word to their lives? This is the chosen means that the Holy Spirit uses to sanctify us. Do not neglect His Word. Pray also for servants who will faithfully proclaim His Word. The progress of holiness in this world depends on it. It depends on His Word. depends on servants of His Word. When we face trials, when we suffer, when we are discouraged, we should remember this prayer of Jesus, our high priest. God does not leave us in the world so that we may have a good time. He leaves us in the world because he still has a deep and painful and a glorious work to do in us in our lives, the miracle of our sanctification. And he gives us the necessary means. 
the prayer of the Son, the Word of God, the powerful action of the Holy Spirit. Second point, in order to send us in the world. Now, we see how Jesus links sanctification to mission. That's quite interesting in this prayer. He follows up by saying in verse 18, As you sent me into the world, I, have, I also have sent them into the world. Remember, we are very different from the world. We are holy, set apart for a special use in God's plan. And what is that special use? He sends us into the world as he sent his son, as Christ was sent into the world. Long ago, he set apart his apostles. He transformed them to send them on mission. In the same way today, he sets us apart and transforms us to send us on mission, his mission to the world. Sanctification for mission. Sanctification for mission. This is why the Lord does not remove his church from this world. Because we have a job to do in this world. We have a very important task to do. God does a work in us. He sanctifies us. He to enable us to do the work he has entrusted us in this world. His work in us will enable us to do our work in the world. Notice how beautifully Jesus unites our mission with his mission. As you sent me into the world, I also have sent them into the world. Why did the Father send his Son into the world? We know the answer. He sent his Son into the world to love the people, to demonstrate his compassion, to preach the coming of the kingdom of God, and above all, to seek and save the lost, to lay down his life for his chosen ones, to atone for the sins of his people, and to give us eternal life. Why did the Son send his apostles into the world? It was to proclaim to the world this exact good news of salvation in Jesus Christ and to put that good news in writing in the New Testament. And why does he still send his church into the world? Well, it is to proclaim this same message to the world. We are sanctified by his word to proclaim his word. I have already quoted 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, which reminds us of who we are as church. You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. And then Peter adds this important uh, sentence that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. That you may proclaim. You are 
this is your identity, holy mission, so that you may do this mission. Who we are comes first. Our identity comes first. And then, knowing that we are a holy nation, then, as a special people, belonging to God, consecrated to Him, then follows our mission. That we may proclaim the wonders of God, the gospel of grace, sanctification for mission. In Isaiah 6, one of the seraphim, those who said, holy, 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 one of the seraphim flew to the prophet Isaiah, who was completely desperate, desperate because of his uncleanliness, because of his sin. The angel touched his mouth with the live coal taken from the altar. It's a symbolic uh, gesture. And he said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Wonderful news for Isaiah. Before holy God and by holy God, he is purified at last. But that's, that's not the end of the story. Then the prophet heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then Isaiah replied, Here am I. Send me. And God said, Go and tell these people this message. We are not called to be prophets or apostles. No. But we are called to go in this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Whom shall, I, shall I, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Raise your hands. May the Lord give us the audacity and the confidence to respond, Here am I. Send me, Lord. Question, question comes to our mind, speaking about seraphim and angels. <clears throat> Why God does not send angels on his mission on earth? Why not angels instead of us? Honestly, it seems to me that the mission work would be much easier much more effective and much less costly, don't you think? A large group of powerful angels going to mission. No need for mission born, no elders confused, whatever. And yet, God in his infinite wisdom does not send angels to proclaim the gospel into the world. No. He sends weak and miserable sinners who are forgiven by his blood and sanctified by his spirit. That's his plan in his wisdom. He sends people who need his grace and who have tasted his grace. 
They are the ones, we are the ones who are called to go and tell other sinners about this wonderful, amazing grace. If you are such sinners, forgiven and sanctified, you are quite competent to explain and present the gospel to your neighbors because you live it yourself. It is your life. See how beautiful this prayer of the Lord is. A prayer begging the Father to consecrate us to His service. A prayer asking the Holy One to transform us by the power of His Word so that we will be prepared to make His Word known to others. Jesus prays fervently that we will be empowered to go out into the world and proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He prays that his church may have the strength and joy to call sinners out of darkness into his wonderful light. Don't you think the Father will hear the prayer of his Son? Don't you think he will answer the prayer of his Son? Sure. The Son was so certain that his Father would answer his prayer that not long after he commanded to his Apostle and to his church, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Matthew 28, verse 19. So the more we grow in our sanctification, the more we become different from the world, and the more we go to the world proclaiming the gospel. Do you see now why God leaves us in this world? Yes, we have trials in the world. Yes, we suffer the hatred of the world. But we have a very important mission in the world. The Lord has given us the most important task to do for his glory. We may complain as much as we can how much the world is evil and confused. And yes, it is. But this does not add any value to our task. Our task is not to complain on how dark darkness is. Or how dead dead people are. That's not our task. Our task is to shine the light of Christ in the middle of darkness. Our task is to make known this good news that brings new life from dead to living. Whom shall I send and who will go for us? This brings us to our third point. For he sanctified himself for us. He sanctified himself for us. 
there remains a key element to this prayer. Actually, we come to the heart of the gospel that we proclaim to the world. This is the heart of the message here. In verse 19, Jesus adds, And for their sakes I, I sanctify myself, that they also may be sanctified by the truth. This prayer goes back to the source, source of our sanctification. What is the driving force powerful enough to dedicate us to the service of God and to transform us into the image of Jesus and to enable us to go out into the world on mission? What is the driving force? That driving force is Jesus Christ himself. More precisely, it is the fact that he sanctified himself for his apostles and for his church. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified by the truth. How astonishing. The Lord Jesus sanctified himself for us. But what does that mean? What does that mean that Christ sanctified himself? Did Jesus need to be washed of his sins? Or to grow in holiness? Not at all. Jesus always remained perfectly holy, righteous, and pure. The Lamb was without blemish, so he could pay the debt of our sins in full. I sanctify myself for their sakes means I dedicate myself to their service. Jesus was set apart for us. He dedicated himself to our service through his ministry and especially on the cross. Yes, Jesus dedicated his time, his energies, his efforts, his whole life for our salvation, even to the point of dying for us. He said this prayer just a few hours before he died on the cross. I sanctify myself for them. A short sen sentence that reveals the greatness of his heart, the power of his love. Now that he, is, he has ascended to heaven, he still intercedes for us. And he bases his intercession on the fact that he sanctified himself for us on the cross. He gave his life for us. And now he reigns over the world to gather his church, to protect us, to lead us to our final destination. He will never leave us alone in our struggles in this world. He sends us on mission with this wonderful promise, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 20. What a wonderful Savior we have. He sanctified himself for us. He dedicated himself to our service so that we might be dedicated to him for a special work in the world. 
He gives us everything we need to accomplish the special mission He has given in the world. What do we do when we are discouraged? Discouraged with ourselves. When we are guilty, when we feel filthy, polluted by sin, when our progress seems small and slow in sanctification, and when the mission seems too difficult, well, let's go back to the source. The Lord Jesus sanctified himself for us. He gave himself entirely in order to, to give us a new life and a new impulse to go. He consecrated himself to give us a transformed life that will enable us to go on mission in the world. We have a wonderful message and hope to proclaim to the world be the light of the world because Christ is the light of the world. He is with us. Go with strength and courage. Amen.